바로 하라고 할때 토끼 하위에 후위에 타이키 is a place where people can come and where we inspire, collaborate, grow, innovate and co-create. And everybody is welcome. Everybody who's curious to question the status quo and pursue enduring change for our people. Hey, kia ora tēmi. Koutou e whakarongo mai nā ki tēnei uh, pāpāhotanga. Hey, welcome to Taiki e Podcast. Um, fantastic um, to all you listeners out there. We've been covering stories of, uh, of impacts from a range of different uh, people doing some really awesome stuff both here in Te Tairawhiti, uh, but across the motu, across Aotearoa. And, um, yeah, welcome Ngā Peter Riley from uh, Figure NZ, uh, who's in Te Tairawhiti as part of um, Tech Week. Uh, hey, no mai, hara mai. Oh, kia ora, kia ora. It's lovely to be here, and uh, it's a beautiful day here in Gisborne. Yeah, we've turned on the weather. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, oh, no here, kōwai. Uh, tēnā koutou, uh, kōwai au, he ori au no te aroa, i whānau mai i Rotorua, uh, ko Ngāti Roro o te rangi, Ngāti Uenuka Kōpako, Ngāti Ngai Tūhaurangi, me Ngāti Whakau e Oku Hapu. Hey, tēnā, tēnā koe, tēnā koe. Um, talk to us a little bit about Figure NZ and your role um, awesome. with, with this little group. Okay, so Figure NZ, um, we're a charity, and um, but we're actually a technology organisation. We were founded about eight years ago by a wahine, young, awesome wahine named Lillian Grace. And she was, at the time, seeking to understand, you know, she cared about Aotearoa so much that she was like, what impact can I make as, as a young person, you know, what should I focus my energy on? And um, so for her, when she was stopping to think about what was the connector between everything that she loved, um, you know, education, business, the environment, all of those things, children's development, um, just about every area she could think of, um, data had a place to play in that. And so what she, um, what she originally figured out as being a researcher that actually New Zealand's data has so much rich information that the publicly available data that's collected is just so much awesome information. But it was kind of locked away in all these spreadsheets, you know, dispersed across hundreds of different websites, websites like the Ministry of Education, Ministry of Health, Ministry of Justice, Environmental Sciences. All of these government agencies collect really important data but the data wasn't stored anywhere. And even if you could find that information, you would have to go into these big spreadsheets of numbers and then be able to somehow unpick that language of the numbers to get to the actual crux of the information. So that's how Figure NZ was born. It was basically, if there's all this amazing information sitting on all these websites, how do we actually get it to the people? Because it's the people's information. So... Coming back to impact, how could we use technology to scale how many people we could help? And we decided to focus on non-data experts as our core people, that our core audience, because experts don't need help in finding data. They know how to uh, they know how to navigate those spreadsheets and those big fancy numbers. Um, but we wanted to unlock the potential of data through helping non-experts access it. And we realised pretty quickly back then that actually New Zealand's data was in a bit of a state. Lots of different people collecting it, lots of different formats, and very difficult to find and then difficult to use. So hence, that's how Figure NZ was born. 
was born out of an idea when we young wahine actually from this region, from, from Wairua, Wairua up near Hawke's Bay. And um, that's how the idea was born. And like all good innovative stories, um, it started with volunteers coming together to solve this issue. And it's quite a big issue to solve. And um, when we were in the early days, when Lillian was talking to um, government agencies and experts in data and experts in technology, and she was saying this vision, oh, I've just got this vision where people could go to one place to find information, quality information that comes from reputable sources and reliable information. Um, you know, that's, that's my vision. And, and not only that, it would be machine-readable data so that we can do much more with it than we could manually looking through all this information. So it was a big, grand idea, and um, everyone just said, it's just too hard. It's just, it's just such a, you know, no one's ever done this before. Um, and there's so much information about a, how, a country, you know, how is this ever going to happen? And like all good innovators, um, our team took, didn't take no for an answer. And we just kept going and we kept fighting and building and testing the idea. And that's how we've got FigureNZ today. So today I'm the CEO of the um, organisation and Lillian stepped out a couple of years ago. She sits on our board and of course was, was the founder. Um, but today we publish data from over 180 government organisations and we have a really rich, 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 um, I guess, collection, if you like, of information um, all in this clever back-end technology. Most people don't see the technology that's gone into that back end. They just see the front end of the website. But basically, if you want data about New for and about New Zealand, you can go to our site, type in a keyword like Māori or Pacific or disability or bikes or dogs or whatever it is that you want to look for, and it will search and surface information collected from all of these sources, already put into charts and pictures, um, and it's designed to download and share. That's the crux of what we do. Basically, we make data easier to find and use. <laughs> yeah, can I say as somebody who's um, been using FigureNZ for for years now, um, even to the point where I have have it as a shortcut tab, um, you know, to <laughs> to just be. It is my first point of call. Um, any kind of uh, data searching or um, yeah, just looking for kind of statistics around, um, yeah, needing to kind of pull together things for proposals or just interested in data in specific areas. Um, it's accessible, it's readable, mm. um, and though I've got experience in the space, um, I'm hardly a statistician or a, a data analyst, but um, it's so easy, you know, to kind of be able to go and find things that are super relevant. Um and I've been on Stats website that is kind of completely disorganised and um, all over the shop. Um, and, and, you know, like if I can't sort it out, then I know that a lot of my whanau yes. who um, are probably searching for the same things won't be able to, you know, be, even be able to probably get onto the homepage. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, I think you guys have done a wonderful job. And I'm, it's so great that you've um, 
designed in a way for the for the everyday person, yeah. you know, well, to, to, to make the data which is largely from everyday people mm-hmm. uh, accessible to everyday people. Yeah, that's why we exist. And, you know, I can't even take any credit for that. We've got a very, very smart team of um, behind-the-scenes, Nigel McNair, Nat Dudley, Rob Isaac, and um, Andrea Carboni from all, you know, that these are the really, they're the unseen people in the business. But as you know, it takes a team, right? And um, so it's kudos to the really hard work that they've all done, and Lillian too, to get this up on the ground. Now, you know, we know that data is just such a valuable asset, and not only is it, it's a, it's a language that can help us understand things, um, sadly for me, it's also become a bit of a currency, <laughs> you know, so the commercialization of data it's huge, it's everywhere. And um, while that's not a concern for me so much, it does concern me when publicly available data, hundreds of thousands of dollars of funding that's targeted for Māori and Pacific and disabilities, is going to external companies to write reports using, you know, so that, and, and it's all publicly available data that they're using. So that shouldn't be so hard to find that you need to spend $100,000 on a report pulling it together. We should be able to access this information. Like you said, it's the people's information. Citizens provide this information every time they register into a course or have a baby or we, we buy a car. All of these things are, um, is collecting. We're having data collected about us all the time. Um, and I think if people really understood how much data was out there, yeah, and they find it really interesting. And um, for me, it's all about tenoranga teratanga. It's about, you know, we could see a world as we knew data was becoming this next big thing. You know, it's the hot topic. It's the new gold some people talk about. Um, but we could see a world where inequality was going to get greater between those who could find and use information and those who couldn't. Um, and quite honestly, there's enough inequality in our society already We don't want to see that inequality widen. And we believe fundamentally that if we can empower communities and people and small businesses um, to understand the things they care about, to use the data for funding, to use the data for advocacy, um, that we could just not only just help one organisation at a time, but we could scale it using technology and we could make a bigger impact um, by helping thousands of people all at the same time. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the other, um, you're down here as part of Tech Week and part of your corridor this morning, uh, really around Māori data sovereignty. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, talk to us a little bit more about kind of that kaupapa, but I guess kind of from your perspective, um, what are the big issues or issue in that space? Oh, there's a lot of issues in the space. And that's fundamentally because it's a new space. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously data and statistics has already always existed. We've always collected it. But now we're just living in this age where we can share information so quickly to such a wide number of people. Um, You know, just the whole landscape has changed um, and we need technology to help us unlock that potential in the data. But with regards to Māori data sovereignty and what are the big issues, well, initially that... um, Daropu was founded, and I'm a part of the Māori Data Sovereignty Network, and I feel very privileged, actually, to be in that space. Um, and this is one of the world's leading network of Indigenous data specialists. Uh, most of them are PhDs. They go deep into health data, 
to crime data. Um, and they really advocate at the highest level for government about, okay, we know, we know everything's opening up. You know, we know that data's opening up, and, and, but we're worried about how Māori data fits in this space. Because actually, our data traditionally hasn't been collected well, and if we start opening it up, you know, there's a genuine fear from from Māori about how this will be used. Like, will it be used to help us, or will the data be used in other ways that may be not so helpful? So there's a number of issues, and they come all the time. <laughs> so I think the first issue was how do we safely open Māori data? The other issue is who owns the data, <laughs> who collects the data, and, you know, how do we use the data? And like with many Indigenous people over the world, um, you know, I guess we were feeling like we didn't have ownership <laughs> of that information. And as it become more valuable and more important, um, how can we activate our brains, our network, to help pro not just protect our data, but advance our people forward? And so, that requires really deep thinking when things are moving so, so fast. Um, but currently, uh, currently, what are the issues Māori Data Sovereignty are, are looking at? Um, there's iwi data. So there's iwi data le leaders group, um, which is amazing. And, and kudos to uh, Kirikofai Makaire, mm -hmm. who does really important, amazing work in this space. Um, uh, Dr. Tahu Kukuktai, Maui Hudson, um, these are uh, Donna Cormack, these are amazing, you know, these are our top advocates at the highest level. So when a um, government proposal takes place and they want to engage with Māori around the data space, we're like the first port of call. So current topics, uh, we're looking at iwi data collection. Uh, for example, we have very poor iwi data collection from census. Um, it's so bad that they haven't been able to release it. Now, this is a real worry because this is really important data that we need to serve Māori. Um, but if it's not safe enough at that collection level, where do we get it? So in one sense, Māori data sovereignty would say, in an ideal world, well, iwi should own the data. It's our data and they should own it, collect it and manage it. And actually only they should release it if, if possible. Um, you know, and that's, that is the ideal scenario in some cases. But actually... What, what Māori data sovereignty have been advocating in other spaces is just better collection. Like, for example, um, the Department of Internal Affairs, um, they're running, they, for example, they collect all the births and deaths data, right? So when you have a baby and you register your birth certificate, all of that information is being collected. So one of the um, things we've been talking about is what if our iwi data was collected at that point when we're born? Right. Not only would that provide an opportunity for um, for iwi, rich iwi data to be collected right up the front, it might actually provide an opportunity to iwi to connect to those people and teach them that whakapapa. Um, and in that way, if we think about the long journey um, through our whole lives, we don't have to fill out who our iwi is because it might be attached to our NHI number or National Health Indicator number. When we go to a school or when we enrol in anything, it's already there, you know? We, we carry that data with us. In that way, it would allow really rich data collection about Māori and iwi, and we could feed that back to iwi. So that's just one of the things, right? And there was a big argument over that. But why should government own that? And they, they would, you know, they'd have that information, it's our information. Um, 
versus iwi should own the data um, and government should be supporting iwi to better collect them. So that's one of the that's one of the big hot topics at the moment. We know that data is valuable. Iwi want the data. <laughs> Everybody wants the data, right? Because but well, we hope that everybody in this country want to see Māori thrive and, and we know that information and having access to quality data can help us make better decisions. Other things we're looking at is um, the impact of artificial intelligence. Um, you know, you've got facial scanning. <laughs> you know, is there racial profiling issues that could come if the police are taking photos of our young people and putting them on a database? All of those things. Um, and they're very complex issues. We've got health data now with the with the um, DHBs being devolved and hopefully coming into this Māori, um, new Māori Health Authority. Most experts would agree that that's a good thing. Um, but look, having the DHBs sectioned like that across the 20 uh, DHBs, that means the data was collected in those regions, which cross typical boundaries. So it actually makes it really difficult to collect that information. But mostly, what is the opportunity now to get this right? You know, if it's all going to be centralised into one Māori health database, how do we, A, ensure the data is really protected? That's the main thing, right? And personal information, you want that really, you want that to be protected really well. Um, but also, how do we build the system so that we can access better quality data to inform us? Um, so those are just a handful of things. They change every day. <laughs> but it's a really exciting space to be in. And the thing is, there's not enough of us in here. Um, and we need more Māori, we need more Pacific, we need more everybody actually working in that space because it's important for us to own our own stories, you know, and be able to tell the stories of the data that currently exists. But also, we need to start thinking about what data we actually need. You know, what do we need as people? Not just using what is there. <laughs> what data do we start collecting? And, and you know, the information is a lot of important information hiding in the gaps, in the data gaps. So, yeah. I could go on all day, obviously, but it's just such an exciting space. Um, but it's a space that I invite many people to participate in. And, you know, Figure NZ is a good way to have a start. It's a good way to start and just have a look what's out there. So interesting. Hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, as you say, good um, just first point of, of, of connection to, uh, to a whole heap of data that's already out there um, that you guys have done a wonderful job of, of putting into a, you know, sort of one place. It's mm. not everything, you it's know, not everything and, 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 but it's, um, yeah, provides a really neat platform for, for just kind of connecting to some of um, the data that's out there. I guess also, yeah, sort of touching on some of the things that you've um, talked about is identifying um, just the need for for building more capability and capacity within our own people to engage with data in lots of different kinds of yeah. ways. Uh, you know, awesome to see, you know, the, the names that you mentioned is there there is that leadership there, but there's certainly a need for for more. And I think down at um, at the community level is also a, a real need to invest in more data literacy. Oh, um, you know, because there is um, as you said in, in your presentation this morning is uh, there's more data being collected or produced in the last two years than there ever has been, you know, in the history of the world. So, you know, like that that shows you that we're on this 
trajectory of mm-hmm. mass data um, yeah. and it's getting used in all sorts of different ways yeah. and ultimately those who are um, you know kind of in the in the there's, there's those who are in positions who can take advantage of that you know, right. to suit their own kinds of ends mm-hmm. and then there's uh, as we know there's lots of vulnerability you know within their own communities and populations where that isn't the case yeah um, and so there's certainly work to do interested in um, yeah in terms of how do we get more of our people sort of to engage with some of this money? Because it's, yeah, you say data and the eyes, you know, everybody backs up a little bit. Uh, like here at Take, yeah, we called it a party, a data party yeah, yeah. to try and make it exciting for, you know, for, for everyday whānau to engage with it. But it's not an easy kind of space to engage. Yeah, it's not an easy space to engage, but this is why we do have to, you know, like you say, it's a big wave. But let's not be the whitewash that gets washed up at the end. Let's actually surf the wave, ride the wave, and <laughs> direct that wave. <laughs> um, yeah. How do we do it? I think this is the call out to um, – I actually believe, I've been thinking about this a lot, I believe that's where the artists and the creatives can come in. Because if you can visualise data and you can see yourself in the data and then you can understand – um, where you fit in that and how you can influence that, it gives you so much more ownership and, you know, it engages you more. You know, if you see a chart with how many babies are born in Gisborne and you've just had a baby and you go, oh, my baby's in that data. <laughs> or, you know, or there's, um, yeah, if you, if you can understand how that data can help you, for example, we've had a really terrible response rate in census for, for Māori and Pacific, right? Um, it's really concerning. We know all the reasons why our people don't engage in government surveys. You know, that's historical. Um, but the thing is, most people don't, you know, I don't want to generalise, but most people wouldn't be bothered about filling that out because they just don't know what that data is used for and how it actually is important to help them in their everyday life. But when you explain to people, oh, look at all the stuff that we could get out of the census data. We can see median income. We know who's sick where. We can tell, you know, all of this information about income, families. Um, And if we know that that data was used to help government fund our people, for for example, if 40% of our people are missing out of that data, that's massive, right? Mm. Um, I was speaking to a professor recently, um, and she specialised in palliative care data. Dr Heather McLeod was her name. And I asked her, what is the big um, what is the big challenge for you guys in the palliative care? So palliative care is obviously when, when people are, are dying. It's the last end of life thing, which is a very beautiful space, very sad space, but also opportunity to be a beautiful space to make sure that end of life experience is good for our old people. And um, her one of the big challenges is that it's fragmented data. They're only collecting really one-third of the information, depending on where someone passes away, whether it's in hospice care, on the way to hospital with the St John Ambulance, or it's in a hospital. That's three different things of information that aren't connected. So where I'm getting to is if there's gaps in data or fragmented data, you can't, you're in, it leaves you invisible. You can't advocate for your space. You can't advocate for the resources that you need. Um, you know, so I think that's, again, 
understanding the importance of having that information um, where people um, who might be serving and, and, and doing a beautiful job caring for our people, they're not necessarily worried about the data or filling out the paperwork, but I think if they could understand what the importance of capturing that information, um, maybe it would really help them get more resources and things that they need. Um, yeah. It doesn't, um, slightly different tech. Um, <laughs> I think I went off topic there. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, that's good, that's good. Um, but really thinking, you know, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the, the data is actually coming from the community, you mm. know, from people. Uh, most of the data that's kind of held is just, you know, from the people themselves. And yet, um, I guess I would argue that, um, you know, those that are really u- utilising and leveraging the data, like these sort of big corporations and companies and people using it for marketing and sales mm-hmm, and all mm-hmm. sorts of different ways. Um, but largely community is not really a part of that, nor so, is there much investment going on to support the community infrastructure, so, um, you know, to support like, like yourselves and all people like, like yours and ours, I mm-hmm, guess, mm-hmm. Um, to support... Yeah, people to, to be able to engage with the data in, in lots of ways sort of down here at the ground. Why is that and how do we change it? Yeah, oh gosh, I think it's all part of the data journey. Um, that's why we exist really because we want to empower people doing really good work in communities to be able to do the things that they want, to be able to understand the issues they care about, to be able to apply for that funding, to be able to do all that. Um, but like you say... <laughs> there's just such big gaps when it comes down to the community level, right? Like, um, I think one of the things that I've learned this week about coming to uh, Te Tairawhiti and, and learning about how data was collected about this area, because in some cases publicly available data is collected, um, the sample sizes might be too small. Mm. So I've heard that they imputate data from other regions and they might mix it from like Hawke's mm. Bay or the West Coast or like Gore, mm. which I'm like, wow, that's so interesting. Um, and you can see why they might do that, but also you could see why that would maybe not give you the results that you're actually looking for when you're a community trying to serve mm. the people. Um, I think I've gone off topic again. But I think it's a really important thing. How do we change it? How do we get people to do it? I think we have to start, like you say, real basic data literacy. Show people how the data can be used, what data exists. And then I think when we can see what the gaps are, how do we empower people to start collecting that? Because if you think about a group that's, I don't know, looking to um, in the housing space and, you know, they're doing it out of aroha. They can see visibly our people on the streets not doing well, you know. Um, so you can help and, and, and aroha goes a very long way. <laughs> but actually, what is the data? And, and if we look at homelessness, there is no data on homelessness. We have data collected about unsuitable housing um, and that, that comes down to region and, um, and things like that. But there's big gaps in that. So when there are those gaps, what tools can we be giving to communities to start collecting their own data? Not only to empower the work that they do, but to get support you know, support from all these big housing funds that they're, oh, we're putting $248 million or whatever that is into Māori housing. Well, everyone in housing sitting there going, well, how do we get it? 
<laughs> you know, because like you say, that funding barely, barely filters down. And also, what happens to those funding is that it usually goes to the people who write the fanciest proposals and have the data analysts and they have the big fancy things and they have access to finding and analysing the data. So a lot of the other community organisations, they get overlooked, you know. Why? Because they can't, you know, not because they're not doing good work. Heck, they're probably doing incredible work. Um, but the information isn't supporting them. And so how do we get people to safely collect data about their people in ways that, you know, are going to be used in good ways, not, not used to persecute or, you know, um, anything like that. Um, but that is, it starts with data literacy, right? And again, I think that's where the creatives and the, and the tech and actually the rangatahi could help us unlock, you know, what would make data interesting for you? You know, how do you want to see the data? Um, at Figure NZ, we ask people how they want to see the data and the heart that the problem we try to solve and why our data is in graphs is because people wanted it visually. And that's the first step that people take. You go in, you find the data in the spreadsheets, and then you put it into a graph based on access, based on, you know, what you want. Um, so we just try to take that difficult bit <laughs> and try and just make it easier because, you know, data is a, it's a, it's a language that holds our stories. So how do we teach the language? And then how do we use the unlanguage to really unlock that understanding? It's a big job, but I really have a vision where we can um, fund the regions and we can find data ambassadors in each region and fund them and do really cool projects because how cool would it be to show people all the data about this region and then get the people of the region to tell the stories? And, you know, it's often when I go into communities and I show them data about their district or their region or their city, you know, it's amazing. These are people. Some people have lived all their lives, but they wouldn't know how many babies were born, or how many cars are driving, or how many horses, or you know. Um, so just actually showing them numbers, um, it just helps a different perspective. And it's just another form of knowledge on top of all of our other forms of knowledge that can really be useful. But we have to teach people how to do that just like we have to teach people how to read and write in order to unlock the form of communication and higher education it's the same steps we have to take with data you know start small ask the questions be a bit curious all of those things yeah i think what i'd um we've been we've been thinking about um is things like um the ability to run our own regional census um, you know, and be asking the questions that are actually, um, you know, really particular to, to our people. Mm. You know, things that are asked in the national census, like our engagement with marae. Mm. You know, when mm -hmm. was the last time that um, you went, you know, back to your marae, or have you been to your marae in the last month? You know, like mm -hmm. things that are, are particularly interesting, you know, for um, for us here in Te Taurawhiti, and so and the ability to really architect, oh, um, you know, those sorts of type solutions. Also, things around reporting. Um, the ability to produce a sort of state of the region type of report, you know, across different uh, wahanga or sections that are again really important to our to our people here. 
um, perhaps thinking about having a, an independent, almost ombud, data ombudsman sort of type of position, yeah. you know, for the region. Um, somebody that can present back in, in an independent kind of fashion. Yeah. Um, you know, not too much narrative and analysis, but just presenting back here are the numbers. Yeah. The trends, the patterns that we're kind of seeing. Yeah. Um, you know, and then the work that can kind of flow back. Because I think something that's getting really difficult is what is truth? You know, mm, um, mm. and who's telling truth? You know, and what is their particular lens across kind of how that data is being presented back? Yeah, um, so you know, important. Is, is, and, and everybody then sort of struggling to kind of understand, um, you know, what what yeah things that are getting presented. So um, I think yeah, I think it's an opportune time for oh, um, it's, it's, just, it's actually so exciting. I'm so glad that you're thinking in this way. Um, and in that same way, that's why we operate as a charity for NZ, because we really want citizens to be able to trust the data, you know, that it's it's come from reputable sources, that, um, you know, it has come from and, and how and why it's connected, and that's why we add all the metadata in there. Um, but we really wanted to stay independent too. So it would be really easy for us to go and get funding um, to analyse data for people because that's really where people seem to need the help. But we're quite clear that we don't do that because we want to stay independent. We're a charity because we don't want to be government and we don't want to be a, a business, you know, because we just want to stay neutral and we want to publish the data, all of it, because we want people to tell their own stories, you know, and make their own, um, you know, own connections to it. But I do think that in this day, why I love data is because it, it has the ability to help decentralise things, right? We used to only surface data to decision makers, power, you know, the governments, the ministers. Um, we, we never had access to that as citizens or as people or small businesses or marae or charity. Um, and what a shame. <laughs> But now that's not the truth, and you know that's not the case anymore. Uh, we we can access huge amounts of information more than we've ever had access to before. Um, so we're just at the front end of that. And yes, how do we get our regions to lead? You know, and how do we get our regions and our communities within those regions to, um, yeah, help lead that data collection? I mean, you know, if data is the most valuable asset in the world, and if it is the new gold. Well, shouldn't we be collecting it ourselves? You know, and if we start collecting it as community groups or as as people, um, you know, we need to start thinking about what we're collecting, why we're collecting it, what we're going to do with it, how will it help us, but also what are the risks? So, um, yeah, that's it's it's we're at the start of a very exciting journey, but I do think that we need a collaborative effort. Mm. You know, and I do think it should be an effort that's supported by government um, in terms of funding people to look at it. <laughs> um, but I think it should be driven by communities because communities know what they need. Locals actually know the problems better than somebody sitting in Wellington, right, or a head office somewhere. Communities actually you know, we are the first responders in an emergency situation um, and actually we're the problem solvers. So what we do need is to be empowered to do that. And whilst most groups would say money is a big factor, that's why data can help because it can help us access funding. It can help us access where we put those 
limited resources. So there's so much work to do. There's, it's a really exciting space and I'd love to see more people, you know, data become just a normalised everyday thing that we go, oh, what's what's the data say? Oh, what does that say? Oh, but that's an interesting story in the news. Maybe I'll go and have a look at that information on pay equity or, you know, disparities happening or what is happening in the homeless thing. Um, what does that data look like for New Zealand as a whole? What does it look like for our region? Who's working in that space? Who's researching in that space? Do you know what I mean? Like, even just asking questions of data can just help us unlock so many more questions, more understanding. And I think if we have a more understanding, more knowledge, um, we can have a more equitable society. And hopefully we can live in a country that everybody can have the opportunity to input into, you know. We can, um, I think we can do so much more. And I think that regionally-led activities, community-based things, um, this is where the real innovation's got to happen. And this is actually where the leadership needs to be come from is, is, is mana whenua uh, to start and um, just all the good people that are already doing, people are doing already amazing things and um, so how do we help those people? Mm. And I think, yeah, as you say, there's um, this huge opportunity for us, um, you know, if we can kind of really uh, get our hands across, you know, some mm-hmm. of um, some of this opportunity. We can collaborate and just sort of partner up with, uh, yeah, all our really special people that are um, that are doing awesome stuff in this space, and then, um, as you say, really think creatively about, um, mm. you know, how we can um, sort of take this and, and, and architect it, you know, in our own way. And um, you know, part of it is really thinking about the um, sort of the the values framework that really needs to sit underneath, you know, kind of all of this work. And yeah. um, you know, if it were me, one of the first roles I would um, would employ is is somebody around sort of a a data ethicist mm. you know, to really look at sort of ethics, not to kind of be the person who yeah, yeah. sets the tikanga, more the facilitator <laughs> of the conversations because, yes. as you say, this is really new territory um, yeah. and there's lots of that complexity in terms of figuring out, well, from a tikanga kind of point of view, you know, what does uh, data sovereignty look like? What mm-hmm. does AI kind mm-hmm. of look like? You know, mm-hmm. what, et cetera, et cetera. And those Free are, trade agreements. Oh, my gosh, it extends to everything. <laughs> yeah, those are things that come with a manual, you know, that are a how-to guide. So we're kind of architecting that at the that's same right. time. But um, but that's the X factor for Māori as we've got. Oh, that's you know, the X factor. Uh, People always weirdly look to government to solve things. And I think that's because that's where the information used to sit and that's where the money usually sits I just don't think that's the case now I think we could blow the lid off that and actually just redesign how information is shared how we fund things how we make decisions Um, the world is not the same as it was 10 years ago and it's going to be completely different in 10 years time Um, but I don't want to see those same issues (laughs) that we're fighting now in 10 years you know when I talk to um all of our beautiful Māori activists that have been fighting so long to get the health of our people, the wealth of our people, um, and all the different areas, our, our kui and kaumatu and our tipuna before that, we're fighting for. You know, one of the things they said to me was, well, data's great, but, you know, we've actually had data showing that Māori have been struggling for years. And we, you know, those same reports that we put together in the 80s, it hasn't changed much, you know. We're still not getting the resources. We're still not getting the change. 
So I'm like, okay, how do we change this? <laughs> how do we change this? Um, and how do we get people to listen to the dull? You know, mm. um, but anyway, it's what I always say is even though the data might not be perfect, it's better than working in the dark and just taking a guess. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and um, you know, lots of work to do. Hey, look, thanks for um, for coming and joining us today. And uh, as I said this morning, big big shout out to you guys at uh, Figure NZ for all the money that um, you've been, yeah, just kind of getting in there, getting stuck in and doing it because it is um, like I know for us here at uh, Tariki and the Fano, it um, it's become such a critical tool and you know as part of the piece of work, um, you. you know that we've been doing as part of our sort of bottom-up community-led transformation mm-hmm. process yes. and how we're thinking about innovation and data yes. and all those different kinds of tools that are used. You guys, you know, that resource is such a tonga. Oh, thank um, you. You know, for, for us and, and I'm sure is for, for heaps of other whānau and communities kind of out there. So, um, you know, big ups to um, to you guys for all the work that you've been doing. And, yeah, thank you. Look, at, look out for um, for some stuff to come whānau. There's, um, yeah, there's, there's plans being hatched and uh, <laughs> some good stuff that I'm sure will kind of come later on down the track but um, yeah thanks for uh, for coming on the podcast today thanks for having me whanau whanau haramai te toki haumie huie taikie this was the taikie podcast thank you for joining us this time around and make sure to keep tuned to hear more of our impactful stories you can follow us on facebook on taikie and you can find all of these stories on spotify anchor.fm and any of the other podcasting apps that you might use Thank you, and we'll see you next time.